Now, guys, um, you follow. I hope you got my GOL this this week, um, encouraging you to read the whole four-chapter story of Samson. I did have somebody stop me in the hall and say, I, I did my homework. Well, I, I hope you've done yours. Because, as I said in the GOL, um, we don't have enough time for me to read the whole four chapter story and uh, and and I am always very concerned that the series not run too long so here we go I'm going to begin reading in chapter 14 beginning at verse 8 we'll read through verse 18 and it reads like this after some days he returned to take her and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion and behold there was a swarm of bees in the body of the lion and honey he scraped it out into his hand and went on eating it as he went And he came to his father and mother and gave some to them, and they ate. But he did not tell them that he had scraped the honey from the carcass of the lion. His father went down to the woman, and Samson prepared a feast there, for so the young men used to do. As soon as the people saw him, they brought 30 companions to be with him. And Samson said to them, let me now put a riddle to you. If you can tell me what it is within the seven days of the feast... And find it out, then I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothes. But if you cannot tell me what it is, then you shall give me 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothes. And they said to him, put your riddle that we may hear it. And he said to them, out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. And in three days, they could not solve the riddle. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, entice your husband to tell us what the riddle is lest we burn you and your father's house with fire have you invited us here to impoverish us and samson's wife wept over him and said you only hate me you do not love me you have put a riddle to my people and you have not told me what it is and he said to her behold i have not told my father nor my mother and shall i tell you She wept before him the seven days that their feast lasted, and on the seventh day he told her, because she pressed him hard. Then she told the riddle to her people, and the men of the city said to him, on the seventh day before the sun went down, what is sweeter than honey, what is stronger than a lion? And he said to them, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have found out my riddle. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, this word, this endures forever. A swarm of bees (laughs) directed to a lion carcass, no less. How odd is that, folks? And yet it is those bees that are just one little link One little detail, one little item in God's providential governance of the world. He is even directing the bees, telling them where to go and what to do, and they obey him. And they play a key role in this whole story of Samson. Well, how's that, Uh, Jimmy? Um, Well, as you saw, I hope, through their honey, Samson poses a riddle which leads to 30 dead Philistines. And the battle is on. (laughs) 
just like God wanted, as we're told in verse 4 of chapter 14. You see, folks, um, this story of Samson, I think we miss the big picture. The story is about deliverance. It's deliverance of God's people from cruel oppression. And so to deliver, God must raise up a deliverer. And Samson is born. Born to be the deliverer. A very odd choice to be sure. And yet, folks, all human deliverers are so flawed. This is the Samson who would rather play around with Delilah than protect Yahweh's gift to him. This is the Samson who faithlessly bartered away Yahweh's strength in order to court a treacherous woman. It is this Samson, this faithless, foolish, fallen Samson that God hears as he cries to him from the inside the temple of Dagon. What on earth is Samson the deliverer doing in the temple of Dagon? Why? He's delivering Israel. Gang, it's that same Samson who is a type of Christ which we're going to discuss before we close. But for now, let's look briefly at, um, at Samson's disgrace, at Samson's at Samson's fall. Gang, it's an unscrupulous woman, Delilah. She, by the way, is the only one that is named among the three women with whom he cavorted. She's the only one that's given a name. And she is the one who sells Samson for money. 1,100 pieces of silver, which is in chapter 16, verse 5. Um, she's only interested in a big payday. She brings him down. The deliverer brought down by a prostitute. To cut to the chase, Samson's strength lay in his devotion to God, his consecration to God, of which his hair was only a symbol. So when Samson lost his hair, he lost his consecration, he lost his devotion. And when he lost his devotion, he lost his strength. Just like Israel. Gang, you remember, this is the third of the three sermons on Samson. In the first one, I told you 
that this story is not so much about sexual sin. It is, includes that, yes. But it's about Israel. It's a metaphor for Israel. Israel. A bruised and a battered Israel by the Philistines. She too had her hair cut. She too traded her faithful God for the adulterous Baal. You know, folks, um, what Samson did, we've seen a lot of it, have we not? In the ministry. I mean, who among us is not shaken by the reports that we've heard of late of Robbie Zacharias? Men with such gifts, such zeal, such potential, such failure, so promising, and yet so tragic as they became slaves of their own glands. You know, guys, there's a, there's a country and western song uh, it's sung by a man by the name of Chris Stapleton. Uh, it was quite a hit. And the, the title of the song was Broken Halos. You ever, you ever heard it? <laughs> Seen my share of broken halos, folded wings that used to fly. They've all gone wherever they go. Broken halos that used to shine. You know, the first time I heard that, the, the name that came immediately into my mind was David. You remember David, the, the shepherd boy that slew Goliath and became his, king of Israel? I'd love to show you this. I mean, if you can find 1 Kings 15 real fast, it's just a couple of books over from Judges. But first, first Kings 15, I'm going to read you two verses out of First Kings 15, and it's describing David, and it says this, nevertheless, for David's sake, this is verse four and five, nevertheless, for David's sake, the Lord his God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem, setting up his son after him and establishing Jerusalem because David did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And did not turn aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life. Look at it. Except in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. Folks, David is being described here by God in glowing terms. Except for Except for that nasty little incident with Bathsheba Folks you listen 
If a man as devoted as this one can do what David did to succumb to temptation, especially a sexual one, then I too can do the same thing. And so can you. You know, guys, in in those ranks of broken halos, you see Israel, you see David, and you see men in the ministry. But there are other devoted people that aren't in the ministry. who were once so devoted to God. And yet they ended up shorn Oh ladies and gentlemen there are a thousand razors with which the devil can shave off the hair of God's people. He doesn't need a Delilah. Oh, he can use pride or porn or money or alcohol. Oh, you Nazarites of God. Guard your hair. Samson, can you ever be strong again? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, the answer is yes. The answer is yes because of God's grace. Did you see it when you did your homework this week? It's in chapter 16, verse 22. But the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Do I see a black stubble on Samson's bald head? No, ladies and gentlemen, what you see is grace. That's what verse 22 is doing. It's giving you a message. A message about God. You know, guys, um, one commentary that I read, uh, he spoke of the stupidity of the Philistines. And I guess he was joking. I thought it was kind of cute. But he said, and I quote, I mean, if shaving Samson's head had reduced their enemy to a spectacle, then why didn't they send a barber over every morning? Because you see, God had a different plan for this broken halo. The Philistines thought, I mean, (laughs) what can a blind man do? He can do a lot. 
if his hair ever grows back, if he turns from his sin, and if God chooses to use him, and if the Holy Spirit rushes upon him, oh my. As they say, the rest is history. Can I read it to you? It's in chapter 16, verse 30. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he bowed with all his strength. And the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people who were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he had killed during his life. Which brings me to my earlier assertion that Samson is a type of Christ, which is really, I think, the final layer, the final depth of this story, that Samson is a type of Christ. Let, let me show you why I say that. First of all, both of these men, Samson and Christ, they both had miraculous births. I mean, Jesus was born of a virgin, but Samson was born of a barren woman. And for both of those births, there had to be a divine intervention. Secondly, they both went down Remember, I said that um, in the first sermon, I think, and it's, it's, it's because of the structure of chapter 14. The, the, word, the Hebrew word yarad is found, which means to go down, is found five times. And when you find something like that, you, you're always wondering, well, I wonder what's going on here. Well, the, the chapter 14 is arranged in its, in its thrusts around the appearance of that word yarad. Samson went down, 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 down. Well, Jesus went down too. He left his home in glory. He left the ivory palaces and came to a place which in large measure despised him. You know, among the enemies. Like Samson did. Third, Jesus destroyed a lion. This fierce enemy that wants to devour. This lion of, of death and hell. And then he extends his hands filled with sweetness. Slaying lions and distributing honey. They both did that. And then fourth, they both gained their victory. They both won by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I pointed that out the last time, that every time the Holy Spirit rushed upon Samson, he was strong. And if you'll go look at your New Testament, you'll find that Jesus left the temptation full of the Holy Spirit. He was baptized by, John, by the Holy Spirit. 
then this fifth similarity. Folks, do you see it? To deliver Israel, they both had to die. Both of them even cry out from their cross. Jesus says, my God, my God. And, and Samson says in verse 28, oh Lord God, please remember me and strengthen me. They both accomplished more in their dying than in their living. Ladies and gentlemen, Israel was delivered from her enemy by the death of Samson. And you and I, God's people, are delivered by the death of Jesus Christ. Folks, God wanted Israel to know that human deliverers are all flawed like Samson. But eventually, he wanted them to know this way back here. But eventually, when the deliverer comes, here's some things that will be true of him. He'll have a remarkable birth. He will have to come down. He will destroy a lion. He will be filled by the Holy Spirit. And lastly, to deliver his people, he will have to die. So Israel, if you're looking for a Messiah, don't look for the one who's gonna deliver you from Rome. Look for the one that's on a cross. Because that's the true deliverer of God's people. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what the story of Samson is about. I leave you with this. The Philistines. You know, it says he killed more. On record in the story, he killed at least 1,030. So he must have killed around 2,000 or 1,500 or 3,000, whatever. But those Philistines, the, the enemy of Israel that were killed that day, they're just like you who are outside of Christ right this minute. Because, because being outside of Christ, you are called an enemy. You know, people hate to be called that. I get it. But that's what Paul said in Romans chapter 5, verse 10. Samson died too. But Samson had a savior. We're told that in Hebrews 11. Ladies and gentlemen, Christ died also. But because his devotion to his father was perfect, 
death could not hold him. And his victory over sin and death becomes ours when we embrace him as our savior. My enemies defeated by the death of my deliverer. To whom Samson can only point. Our Father, would you show us all over again that from the from Genesis three forward what you wanted us to know is how you would ultimately deliver sinners from their sin and our deliverer the unflawed one Christ Jesus the Lord has conquered death and hell and his victory is ours but father if you've brought people here this morning who have not yet embraced that savior would you show them that all that awaits them is death and destruction show them the beauty of Christ and him crucified We ask it, of course, in Jesus' name, amen.